Hello and welcome to the podcast series Raw Talent with me Fiona Abrahams where I'm deep diving behind the scenes into the careers, aspirations and inspiration of the many skilled and talented individuals who enable the fashion and creative industries to feed our passion for clothing and product. Throughout this podcast series I will be reaching out to the global community, exploring the industry through their eyes, asking people to share insights about the work they do, how they got started, their most compelling experiences, the trials and tribulations they have faced and overcome, who they have met along the way, the lasting friendships formed, the part culture plays in the work they do, and their thoughts on their futures and the future of the industry as we navigate the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 6 of Raw Talent with Amandine Ferman and Mariadette Zareas, founders of Dachi Paris. Amandine and Mariadette met over 10 years ago. Both are trained in plastic arts and art history and have always worked together in the creative industries. They founded Dachi Design Studio in 2016 creating handcrafted, useful and decorative objects for the home, presented in two annual collections, comprising dishes, linens, lights, decorative objects, designed in their Paris studio. They seek out artisans to realise their creations, preserving handmade and endangered heritage, traditions and techniques, freeing them from folklore to create pieces that meet the expectations of our modern lifestyles exuding clean lines and natural materials such as wood, wool, glass and earthenware, promoting traceability and authenticity. Behind each object, there is a meeting, a craftsman and a history. Welcome, Amandine. Welcome, Mariadak. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. So I think we should start by sharing how we discovered Dacha Paris, um, which for us was brief, was online. So we were, um, we were looking around at different brands and we came across Dacha and we fell in love with the products, the ambience behind the brand. We think your store is stunning. And we love the messaging. Um, in terms of supporting artisans and traditional crafts, which is so important. Um, so that was how we how we found you. <laughs> and I think we should um, we should probably start by uh, telling everyone, you know, where did you both grow up, and what was the driving force at the start of your careers? Each of you, who would like to go first? Uh, I, I will. You're going to go first. So, okay. yeah. So my name is Meredek and um, I was born and grew up in Nantes. Uh, this is in uh, southern uh, France, in Brittany. And uh, I came to Paris at 19 uh, for my studies. So I went to university in Paris and studied um, art history and archaeology. And I specialized in uh, contemporary art. And uh, actually, since my childhood, I'm like um, obsessed with uh, drawing, painting, DIY. So, uh, and uh, like crea- uh, creative um, activities. And uh, so I start working in uh, art galleries uh, in Paris for, uh, for some more years. Amazing. And Amandine, how about you? Well, I was born and raised in Lyon. This is uh, in not 
the middle something of the France, and this is the food, uh, this is the capital of gastronomy in France. Yes. So I've been raised in this French art de vivre where, where food was super important, receiving friends, and it goes along with the tableware, uh, table setting and decorating your space for uh, receiving friends. And uh, so that has a really uh, strong impact on uh, on me and on my life. And also, I must say that uh, um, this is really important for me, for being skillful with uh, your hands. And uh, I do a lot of things also, uh, like DIYs. Uh, and uh, also, I can, uh, I have... Um, I know how to renovate uh, electricity, uh, not only just DIYs, you know, uh, this is really super important to be involved uh, in uh, something um, in your techniques and... Um, and um, New technologies. Yeah, and, uh, and being involved, involved in the process of making something. Yeah, the actual crafting of the item. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah making itself. That's brilliant. And I think that's what brought me to uh, a studying arts also yes like Maria Deck and um, then I went to Paris for my first job where we met at the gallery at the gallery yeah yeah amazing fantastic and um for both of you kind of um what was it what was the driving force at the beginning of your careers how did you go from university into how did your first opportunities in in the industry start how did you come from university into your first your first role well, actually we were both intern at the gallery and that yeah. was our first job and that was it wow yeah, it all started at the gallery we were um, we were um, very young young and yeah. involved yeah. in the gallery which was a small company at the time we were like yeah. seven working there but th that was a, an emerging uh, gallery yeah, you know and now yeah. now this is one of the leading uh, um gallery gallery in, uh, we should in tell everyone what it's called so it's um you if you i'll let you pronounce it because your 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 um, french accent is much better than mine <laughs> yeah. so this is the gallery camel menour um actually they now they have three spaces in paris and one in london just uh, uh, beside the claridge hotel in london And so, yeah, now this is a, a, a huge, um, huge gallery in the, in the contemporary art. How amazing to have been with them from the beginning. That's yes, fantastic. Yeah. So you, did you see some of that transition? Because you were there for quite a while. Did you see yeah. the gallery yeah. changed? We saw it um, when he moved to another place, the main place that he has now. Yeah. In uh, Rue Saint-André-des-Arts. And... At the time, it completely changed in like one or two years. Wow. In workings with uh, Daniel Buren. With Anish Kapoor. With Anish Kapoor. So and big, then, big names. Yeah. Big names, yep. I was going to say. How amazing. So, and why were they attracted to the gallery? Um, uh, for me, at the beginning, he was specialized in uh, photography and uh, in uh, American photography. So he represented uh, Stephen Shore, Larry Clark, and that was an uh, artist I was uh, fascinated by. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely wanted to meet them and work with them. And then uh, the gallery specialized more in uh, installation and big, uh, big names, big uh, exhibitions. So that was uh, super interesting for us for 10 years to, uh, to work with uh, Than kind of artist and uh, to be challenged, uh, you know, by uh, I'm yes, yeah. And you must have had there must have been so many different influences 
for you that then led on to you coming and starting your own brand. Um, and I guess that's what led to the concept and creation of Datcha. Um, what made you decide to leave and to create Datcha? Well, uh, we really wanted to uh, do something from our own, to express our own creativity and personality that it wasn't the case. We, we were working with artists and we, we were showing their uh, way of seeing things and the world. So we wanted really to, 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 have, to say something from our own. Yes, that makes sense. So we were we were looking for a kind of a authenticity, you know, because in the art yeah. world, like you you sell uh, art or work for one million dollar, and uh, even yeah. some uh, yeah, and sometimes uh, uh, bigger, but um, uh, even some artists they never uh, touch, you know, the work they sign. You just have like a, a bunch of uh, of assistants that produce for you. Or suppliers. So yeah, we wanted to uh, to be like with real uh, makers, you know, with small uh, small studios of potters, and uh, yeah, we wanted something more more real and more simple, actually. Okay, yeah, I understand that, and I guess that's the philosophy that's behind um, Datcha. What are the goals for the brand? Um, what do you What do you want to do with that now? You're you're four you're four years down the line. What are um, what are the goals for the brand because we're in such a strange time aren't we with the pandemic yes you know um, when we start working um, we saw that already uh, lots of uh, savoir-faire had disappeared yeah and, I agree uh, yeah and now that we've been working for uh, four years uh, um, at Dacha uh, we still see uh, people uh, get got retired and and then the their savoir-faire, their knowledge is lost forever. It's lost, of yeah. course, absolutely. We would like to to not save, but we would like to 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 that it it lives on. You want to preserve it so yeah. that it continues. You want to continue the traditions. I think that's amazing. Just to present, you know, for for a small time, but just before the. They leave, you know, just to, to make them, uh, I mean, the, the techniques to make them famous for, for people and, yeah, to... To, to, to showcase what they do and, it, in, yeah. and at the same time it educates people because people come across the things that you sell, they're unique and there's a story behind everything, there's an artisan behind everything and it's inspiring to think that you could buy um, a piece of tableware or an ornament that has been crafted from a traditional technique. You have, you almost, you're buying a piece of history. Um, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, it's, it's really, really great. And looking back, what have been the major learnings from your experience so far? Actually, we, we, you know, when um, we started working ten years ago at the at the gallery, mm-hmm. we were out from school and we barely know anything. And uh, we learned uh, really how to 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 um, we learned patience. We learned tenacity uh, along along with yours. Um, and also, uh, I must say that we learned how to run a business. Yeah. Uh, in, during these ten years, or to um, work with crafters because we were dealing with production. So uh, we learned all this kind of uh, of skills 
Yes, no, I understand. That makes a lot of sense. And it's it's a journey, I guess, right? Yeah. And being an entrepreneur is also like a, an emotional journey. Sometimes Very emotional. And sometimes <laughs> really at the, at the bottom. This it's is like a, roller coaster. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. I feel that pain for you as well. I know. It's, it is because, yeah. There's never a straight road. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not anymore. I know. You do something, it's great for five minutes, and then something else happens, and you're you have the next challenge, and it just feels like life it's very much the life of an entrepreneur, continually overcoming challenges and difficulties. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge that you've had since you've been running the brand? I'm going off script here. <laughs> But, you know, actually, each, I mean, every day is a challenge, really, you know, because we, uh, well, I mean, we, we are just the two of us uh, running this business. We have a shop. Um, we design right. two collections a year. Uh, we have uh, now like uh, almost 40 different uh, artisans and studios we work with. Five. Mm. Different countries, so yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a challenge of a, of a. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with, absolutely. And let's talk about where where the inspiration for the collection starts and how it evolves into a collection plan. Uh, actually, this is a. I mean, when we when we start um, to think about a collection, we always uh, begin with the ceramics mostly because this is um, the technique we know the, the best because uh, Amandine and I, we uh, took lessons, lessons of uh, ceramics. And uh, so, yeah, we start with the, with the ceramics and then we try to uh, articulate all the rest of the collection around this uh, because we work also glass, fabrics, wood, metal. And uh, we, we try to, uh, to unify everything uh, and to have... Um, I mean, to harmonize a collection. Yeah. Um, mostly uh, by choosing one color or just a small um, range of colors. So everything matched together. And uh, uh, our travels and the, the meetings we, we make, uh, you know, of uh, yes. artisans, artisans. a huge inspiration for us. Yes. Sometimes we start from their own productions and we... Uh, redraw and um, rethink um, the shapes, uh, the, the colors, the patterns. Um, I can imagine, yeah, yeah because you're, you're kind of drawing on um, the inspiration that they are working with. So, yeah, very interesting. Okay. Yeah, because, it, I mean, you have, uh, it depends on the artisans, but you, you have to start with something they know. Uh, it depends because in Morocco, uh, you can uh, teach someone a, a new technique because they are super open-minded. But uh, for France or for Spain, usually we start with um, something they know how to how to make. Yes, in France and Spain, they, you've got to go with what they're doing. Yeah. Okay, I understand. The handmade techniques of the craftspeople you work with are absolutely fascinating. Uh, looking through your website, it's so interesting to see the different kinds of artisans that you're that you are discovering how do you find the how do you find the people well um technically artisans do not have websites for instance. exactly 
Yeah. So <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. It's like, where do you find them from? <laughs> it's a bit hard. And the first artisan uh, we met, we were still working at the gallery. And uh, he's in Morocco, in uh, Urika Valley. In the mountains. In the mountains, uh, uh, something like one hour away from Marrakech. And, um, and when we met him, we decided to launch the brand and to quit our job. Okay, big step. Yeah, it's super interesting because um, he's the only one to do his own. This is really his own techniques, like he puts smokes on the, his kiln to have a, um, glazed effects on an earthenware, which is um, which is not the case. No one else is doing. Yeah, no. I do so it's know. unique to him. It's unique. Yes, yeah. really. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not traditional. it's not traditional from Morocco. Yeah, okay. not at all. And uh, is the one the only one who do who does this does this? And um, he is the only one. Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Really? And what led him to do that? How did he discover it? He, he tried. He tries. Yeah. This this is like passionate yes. about it. He tries different things, and uh, and we felt at this time it was the, the the time to launch our own business and to work with him. And we we've been working with him for for years now. On yeah. each collection. On each collection, and um, so in Morocco, especially, we have someone Isham who works with us to to find uh, crafters and to speak also with them because uh, there is a, 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 with the language, this is really... Yes, yeah. some of them speak only Arabic. You know, they don't I speak. was going to say, is it Arabic? Yeah, yeah, of course, that would make sense. What are the main languages? It's mainly Arabic, Spanish? Yeah. No, no, French. French, French. French. Yeah. French. So it's French. Arabic and French. So we have someone to... Whoop respect for yes, us yes. in Morocco and then in other country we can uh, uh, I mean we have a, an interesting story um, Meriadec uh, uh, found in an antique shop a plate from a, a workshop that is still going on it was a vintage piece yeah, from the, uh, piece. the 50s. 50s wow and um, by looking uh, up in uh, internet we saw that uh, the workshop was still open and they were still working so we started a collaboration with them so really it depends we can find uh, we can find information uh, to them uh, on the internet but generally we have to go there and ask people and, in uh, small villages yeah. or yeah like uh, uh, if we found something in an antique shop like uh, where where has it been done do you do you know something about it and and we have to speak with people to find. A yeah, I wondered if that's what you you have been doing. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I could see that a lot of your um, your uh, artisans are from Morocco, which has the most incredibly rich craft heritage. Um, what in particular attracts you to Morocco? Actually, um, uh, to speak about ceramics, most of uh, the potters we work with are based in Spain. Uh, but um, as I told you, uh, in Morocco, they are more open-minded and they are more open to um, try and to experiment different things. So that's why we uh, we really love to work with a uh, Moroccan. Um, yeah, that makes sense. 
And uh, for, for example, you know, uh, one day we, with Amandine, we came to uh, one of our potter studio in uh, Marrakesh and we brought uh, soap and uh, straws. So uh, they were, uh, I mean, they didn't understand what we were uh, looking for. And actually, we uh, teach them how to realize bubble glaze um, on uh, ceramics and plates. And uh, so everybody in the studio, you, you know, they all came to see what we were doing because this is a technique which is very fun. You, you blow bubbles, you know, to uh, decorate yeah. the, the ceramics. So, so yeah, that's, that's really nice in, in Morocco to, um, to be able to, um, to try all those, uh, all those new techniques. And also yeah. super alive because, you know, in Marrakech, for example, there's not um, IKEA or there's not H&M home. No, exactly. Um, So in your everyday life, you have to go to the potter's uh, workshop to find a, a salad bowl, for example. So that's why this is so alive. Um, Because it's very much based around traditional craft yes. and it hasn't been commercialized by the IPAs, etc. Yeah, that, that's understandable. And I think that's really a really good point to make. Um, And can you share an example of how your work with artisans helps them to survive and support their families and also contributes to the survival of their craft? Um, uh, for example, you know, the, yeah, the plates you, uh, you discovered um, with the fish patterns, you discovered yes. at Liberty London. This is uh, the Spanish studio Amandine was uh, talking about. So yeah. Now, uh, after um, we discovered the grandfather uh, production, this is now run by the three sisters. Oh. And yeah, so this is uh, three women uh, running the, this studio. And uh, there's only one uh, which paint by hand. But actually, okay. of course, uh, because this is uh, one of our bestsellers, um, uh, of course, it makes them work a lot. So yes. it can guarantee that... Uh, this knowledge and this uh, it helps support their livelihood and helps them create keep the craft alive yeah yes absolutely because you know that in a very small village in uh, in spain and so um this is hard to find them and so yeah this is a, a, a huge thing to to have a, a chance uh, order. they become part of your family don't they because there's a sense of responsibility in talking to them like uh, in a daily basis so yeah we are very close to most of them yeah i can imagine absolutely what do your customers tell you that they love about dacha well you know uh, since we have the shop in paris our own shop we are able to talk directly to our clients yeah what do your customers tell you that they love about dacha paris Uh, actually, uh, since we have our own shop in Paris, um, we opened it two years ago, we are able to talk directly to our client customers and um, we can now explain them because some of them think we are just um, buying stuffs at the Medina or directly. Ah. And uh, so now we are able to uh, tell them that we are a designer and uh, what is the purpose at, of that chat to, to bring uh, handmade and unique stuff to uh, with also a relatively um, low, lower price. Yeah, it's kind of educational. So they suddenly understand it's not just coming from stuff you bought from somewhere. It's you're actually going and finding the craftsman 
and you're curating a vision. Yes, yes, and this is our own designs. And your own designs, exactly. So then that makes it quite unique. And do yeah. you find then that people keep coming back? Yeah, regularly. Uh, we have a returning customer a lot. Yeah. And they like the idea also of travel, travel of uh, learning new techniques because we are talking a lot of the techniques like the bubble glaze we talked about or the pit fire, the black ceramics. Yeah. Uh, we explain a lot of things, and I think they, they quite like the uh, the way we do it. Yeah, I bet because it's quite unique, yeah. um, for sure. Which I think is what you know attracted us to Dacha in the first place because it is unusual, and it's it's so it's so great that you're able to bring artisan product to a wider audience because otherwise all the beautiful stuff that's made in Morocco would just stay in Morocco. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's amazing that you're able to bring that to a wider, to the wider community. Um, what are your most popular products? Well, this is uh, funny because this is a uh, uh, really opposite styles. Okay. Uh, you have on one side the, the, the black ceramics. So they are uh, like bit fired, burned ceramics. And they are really like, Edgy. Super, yeah, edgy and super design. And then on the opposite side, you have all the fishes and the collections on the plates and um, something, corals, yeah. something and really... Sunny cool. and really yeah. Mediterranean, actually. Yeah, very opposite. Yeah. yeah different tastes. And is, and is that reflected in the customers? Do you find that the customer that buys the plates with the fish and the customer that buys the... Um, very edgy black ceramics they're completely different people actually they could be the same people yeah that's, that's why yeah. I mean, it's good to know yeah, yeah. we all yeah. we all like so many different things yeah that's it mm, okay do you experience um that customers uh have a desire for product from specific countries are there particular countries that are more popular in terms of product than others Yes, we do not feel that a lot in European countries, but uh, like in Japan, that was funny because uh, we met a shop owner that asked us to tailored uh, tailored a, a lamp shade, a glass shade, I mean, and uh, it was asking for uh, sad colors, meaning like. <laughs> brown or grayish color something really Japanese actually Japanese and so that was cute and funny Mm, interesting and did he get his wish yes (laughs) Yes. we did it actually with a a glass maker based in France and so all the colors to have um, because as as usual we were like blue and Something and bright. Pop and bright yeah. and they wanted more like dull colors. Dull colors. And was it successful? Yes, yeah. a lot. <laughs> oh, amazing. Because, yeah, darker colors are definitely um, coming through quite strongly at the moment. Yeah. Excellent. And how has the pandemic influenced your customer in their choice of product? Well, in a decoration, uh, in our decoration shop, we really felt the difference because in France, we've been locked for two months. Yeah. 
And really, we we felt uh, when we reopened the shops that they were closed at home uh, in uh, in their apartment, and they really wanted to have uh, new stuffs to uh, embellish their uh, rooms and uh, have new things uh, coming in the apartment, and really to have uh, something cozier uh, in their place. And actually, they, they figure out uh, what was missing, you know, for example, uh, ah, a computer yeah. or a big vase. Uh. Yeah. There's also really? something we, we noticed is that um, regarding uh, when you buy something to, to make, a, 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 when you buy something as a gift, they are really much more interested in um, useful elements like salad bowls and not vases or candles and no, m- more dishes yeah mm. yeah because they're doing a lot more home cooking because we think we've seen that haven't we the world over where people are suddenly at home they're happy to cook for themselves um they haven't got um uh, a complete hey. the sandwich store around the corner yeah. so yeah that's interesting yeah I, we, I think we've seen that very widely um mm. Because actually, in the supermarkets in the UK, flour completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Everybody was baking at home, and um, in one of our local supermarkets here, they were actually just getting massive sacks of flour in because um, they could not keep up with demand. Usually, they have these little tiny packets, and actually, they discovered they just need the big sacks because people were just baking bread for the family. And yep. so they just needed to continually re- replenish the flour. Um, and there have been documentaries on TV talking yeah. to the mills about keeping up with demand. So it's been really interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, curious times, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, just thinking about um, your career so far, what has been your best experience? Uh, well, for me, uh, really, this was the uh, the shop opening two years ago because uh, this was really crazy. We had like two weeks to uh, renovate the the place. Wow, um, that's not long. Yeah. yeah and that was a, a former bakery. Really? Talking yes. of flour. <laughs> And uh, we have to move also all the um, the items from uh, the um, former place, and all the, our friends helped us. This was, uh, and I was pregnant at the time, so everything was mixed, and uh, this was an incredible and really powerful moment in my life. Ah, absolutely, that's amazing. Is it your best moment as well? No, but actually, there's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, this is one of the best moments, of course, uh, of, <laughs> a store. But um, uh, I mean, each time, you know, we we are at the at um, artisan studios. This is one uh, one best moment as well, you know, because this is fascinating to just to look to someone, you know, starting from um, uh, yeah, yeah, from from our drawing and just you know with a uh, with clay and then in a few minutes they realize uh, your object you know so this is a kind of magical actually yeah absolutely to see a vision suddenly form in clay you've explained really? you from a drawing a good moment yeah yeah absolutely no that's that's impressive. And what's been your scariest experience, but one that provided great learning? Well, for me, really, it was uh, 
um, one um, fair like Maison et Objet in Paris. We settled everything and the next morning it was the opening and then I arrived early in um, the cleaning service, just put everything down. Everything was broken on the hour boost. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> yeah, I, I was just crazy at the time. I, I think I left a, like a message of two minutes on an answering machine on a, of I the bet. person. You just did a rant. That was, that was horrible because this is a lot of money and this is really yeah. important for small business like ours. And um, I was, that was a real scary. But finally, we, have a, we were in Paris and we, we had the Replacement pieces. Yeah, so everything wow. was okay. But at the time, I felt like everything was falling apart. The world apart. had ended. Yeah. I can imagine. It's very disheartening. Yeah. Such, you know, your pieces are unique. Such yes. waste, you know, once you lose something, it's gone. And the fact that they would not even appreciate that is terrible. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Especially as it's a fair and there must have been lots of stands with yeah. similar things. So you would imagine they would never employ a cleaning service that would break everything. Yes. <laughs> six months before you know so mm. yeah that's shocking wow okay but great that you managed to get the uh get new pieces and to, yeah after uh, everything was uh was went well and uh we could show to our uh, customers uh wholesale customers uh things but really that was uh, terrible at the moment for me the character i can imagine absolutely um and we would love to hear about the projects you're working on. I know you mentioned you have some upcoming collaborations, one with AMPM, and you've got restaurants and your summer 2021 collection. What can you tell us about your upcoming projects? So, yeah, yeah, we have this um, upcoming collaboration with um, the French brand AMPM, which yeah. is specialized in uh, home decor. And so for them, we, um, we designed a special range of vases and uh, candle holders and a jug as well. And um, that will be launched for spring uh, 2021. And um, actually, so all the objects uh, we designed for them, they are made uh, by one of our favorite uh, potter, uh, which is made, uh, is made in, uh, in Spain, in northern Spain. And uh, usually he uses a pit fire technique we, we talked about uh, uh, previously. Yeah. And uh, for these ceramics, we asked him to, to glaze the, the ceramics and um, to use um, colorful drips. So each, um, each item will be unique, of course, because they're all, um, all handmade. So this is a big, um, a big collaboration for us and uh, for the potter as well, because he's just one working uh, alone at the studio. So um, yeah, that's a very good thing for him to have um, such um, big orders. Ah, that's amazing because it really puts him on the stage, doesn't it? He wanted, you know, to, to work more with, uh, with us. So we chose him for, for this um, collaboration. Amazing. And yeah. And we also designed uh, um, custom-made tableware for some restaurants in uh, in Paris. Oh, lovely! Yes, because uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of uh, restaurants, you know, they are uh, looking for um, unique image. Yes, for a unique image for something 
made specially for them because um, now, you know, Instagram, mm. this is so important and clients, uh, they... To give them a reason to visit. They want to have a unique experience. And they, 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 which they, restaurant? Yeah, they put photos of the, of the plates and of the food on the on internet and Instagram. So um, the plates are now really important for restaurants. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it yeah. changes their wear of the... Yeah, yeah. And it just creates that whole unique environment. And then, I mean, you know, the restaurants are having such a tough time at the moment. Are your restaurants open? Yes. That's good. But just restricted in terms of Absolutely. numbers. Yeah. Redo, they redo everything now. I mean, they used to have like a, just a white uh, basic uh, plates. I'm looking for something more... Uh, more interesting yes, yeah because then it's uh, the customer thinks of that and is excited to come back yeah really great so some exciting things that you have going on at the moment yes fantastic and i guess my closing question you're kind of living your dream in running your own brand if you could hire any three people in the world to come and work with you either in helping you run the business or as artisans who would you choose and why uh, alors, actually, for, for me, um, I have two choices. Okay. One from the past, so they're, they're not alive. <laughs> But uh, actually, I'm like okay. fascinated. Yeah, I'm fascinated by um, the Charleston House and the Bloomsbury Club um, in the UK. Yeah. And, um, I wish I could have worked with um, these artists, you know, like, as uh, Duncan Grant or Vanessa Bell. Because um, for me, painting on the walls and the pieces of furniture and uh, on the ceramics and the fabrics, this is really inspiring. Yes. I've been and seen a lot of the work, actually, and it is something else. It's just incredible to yeah. understand the vision, how they, trans how they translate the vision and the interpretation. It's, yeah, it's special. Yes, really. But if I have to, to choose some, um, I mean, someone alive... <laughs> <laughs> That could be uh, um, to collaborate with Liberty London, actually, because um, we love uh -huh. what they do, and uh, yeah, we would make. like uh, yes, and we would like to make a, um, a collaboration with them, and maybe based from uh, on their archives, and uh, to uh, imagine or redraw uh, new floral patterns, you know, for ceramic. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be an amazing collaboration, actually, and something that people would be really interested in, that fusion of Parisian um, excellence with, you know, the, the deep history of London would be so beautiful. And, you know, we have a huge French community here. And I think for all of us, that would be so exciting to see. That would be brilliant. Amandine, what about yourself? Who would you choose? Well, strangely, this is not someone for from the decoration background. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, it came to my mind last night. I think I would choose the the, the designer of fine jewelry at Dior. You know, Victoire de Castellan. I love the her a way to uh, colorful and uh, I don't know if you know her works. Her I do. Work. Her work yeah. beautiful. And I would like to see how she will deal with. Uh, um, objects, objects yeah. yeah. what she will bring uh, to to the company. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. It, it's, it is so interesting to take someone from a completely different area of product and bring them into something they're not used to, and then see what that what where their eye leads. And it's exciting for them as well. 
so yeah i think those are really great answers thank you guys it's been so nice to have you here today um i've really enjoyed the conversation so um yeah thank you thank you chatting with amandina mariadig today has been fascinating since starting Dacha in 2016, they have learned tenacity and how to run a business by themselves and are, work, are now working with 40 artisans. The collections are built around ceramics, which they unify and harmonise with a small colour palette and even one colour. Meetings with artisans are also a huge inspiration in coming up with the initial concepts. In Morocco, they are open to being experimental and discovering new techniques whereas in France and Spain, the artisans tend to be more traditional. The first artisan they ever met was at the Kamal Menor Gallery in Paris, where they worked for 10 years after joining as interns straight from university. Josette produced earthenware with a unique glazed effect, and they decided to quit their jobs and follow their passion to create an authentic curated collection. The glazed earthenware techniques by the way, is not something traditional to Morocco. The maker just tried different things and discovered the technique through experimentation and an ongoing collaboration was born. Since artisans are generally not on the internet, they have a guide to prospect for them in Morocco. As part of the discovery process, they also visit small villages and speak with local people. However, discoveries happen in many different ways. For example, Mariadec found a plate from the 1950s in a thrift shop he looked it up online and discovered the workshop is still going, run by three sisters in Spain, which led to a collaboration and the creation of some of their best-selling sell, best plates. As the studio evolved, Amandine and Mariadec opened their Parisian store two years ago. At first, people assumed they were selling wholesale items. However, when they learned that the collection is designed and curated by Amandine and Mariadec and produced by artisans, a loyal following started to build. They discovered their customers really liked the idea of learning about the techniques and the story behind each piece. Most popular are opposite styles. On one side, the edgy pit fire black ceramics, and on the other side are the very sunny Mediterranean fish motif plates. Unique collaborations evolved from their travels. Whilst in Japan, Maridek and Amadeen met a shop owner who asked them to tailor a lampshade using sad colors. <laughs> he meant dull colors which they made in France out of glass, and it was very successful. With people shut in for two months due to the pandemic, their customers have looked around their homes and discovered what is missing, which is reflected in their purchases and has seen them opting for useful instead of decorative items, as well as pieces that make their homes feel cosier, something we are seeing the world over and can all relate to. Amandine also tells us her best experience so far has been the store opening two years ago with two weeks to renovate a former bakery whilst also pregnant. All their friends pitched in. Maridek's best moment is the realisation of their drawings and seeing them brought to life in clay by the artisans, often within minutes of seeing a sketch. Their scariest experience so far was at a trade fair in Paris and Amandine shares with us that she arrived early to discover the cleaning service had broken nearly everything on their stand overnight. Luckily, they were able to replace the pieces and the fair went well. However, it was a real moment of panic during which she left a two-minute voicemail for the organisers. Maradet tells us about Datcha's up upcoming collaborations, which include AM, PM, 
for which they have designed a special range of vases, candle holders and a jug made by one of their favourite potters in northern Spain using the black pit fire technique, this time dripping food colour into the ceramics to create a unique design. It is a big commercial collaboration for the Dacha Studio and for the Artisan and really exciting. We are looking forward to seeing that launch. They have also designed custom-made tableware for a restaurant in Paris, looking to create a unique customer experience. I think that's a trend we are steadily seeing grow. For my closing question on who they would like, who they would choose to hire if they can choose anyone in the world, alive or no longer with us, Mario Deck shares his fascination for Charleston and the Bloomsbury Group, which included some of the 20th century's most pioneering artists, writers and thinkers, people who believed in debate, creativity, beauty, innovation and truth, and whose work was guided by a sense of fun, freedom and irreverence. As a living choice, he selects Liberty London as a collaborator based on their incredible history and archives. Amandine is actually thinking outside of the box on this one and would love to bring in Victoire de Castellan, jewellery designer to Christian Dior, for her clever use of colour and eye for intricacy. If you are interested in exploring Dacha, they are stocked globally across Ireland, Europe, the US and Far East, and here in London at Liberty London. If you enjoyed this episode, join me next time when I will be speaking with Rosie Dalmanche, founder of rental and resale website Our Closet. And if you are enjoying the series, hit the subscribe button to receive notifications on upcoming episodes, where you'll get to hear first-hand insights from across the global fashion and creative industries. <laughs>